Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome to the Tell Me Your Story Coach Podcast. Okay, who in the world is Coach Dro? Who is this guy? Well, for those who are meeting me for the first time, check out episode one. I call it the trailer. Here's the 30-second timeout version. 20 years. Coach Dro was an assistant coach on the men's basketball side. I'm currently in transition from the industry. Yep, I said it. It's okay. So what is this podcast about? The goals are really, really simple. One, advocate the coaches who I admire. If you can coach, I'm going to do everything in my power to have you on this podcast. Coach, I am sorry for the endless texts and emails, but I believe in you and I want to tell your story. And for those coaches who have not heard from Coach Drew, I'm around the corner. Trust me, you'll be hearing from me soon. Two, help younger coaches. That's right, I said it. Help younger coaches learn from these coaches telling their stories. For years, I've always said this line to coaches, especially young coaches. Hey, coach, if I can ever help you, let me know. Sadly but truly, for the first time, I am finally helping some young coaches out. As you will soon find out, this podcast is filled with information that can help younger coaches. These are real life industry experiences and examples. So if you fall in love with this podcast, what can you do for Coach Dro? Subscribe, rate, and review. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram. Tell Me Your Story Coach is the handle. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. The best thing you can do for me is simply tell a coaching friend. Okay, as my great son JJ always says, here we go, Dad. Welcome to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast. Real quick, before we dive in, I need to tell you about a new affiliate partner that I am super excited to support. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. As soon as this podcast is over, go to moneyballsportswear.com. It did not matter to me in year one or year 20 of my college coaching career. One of the best times of the season was getting new gear. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys, and girls. Sports attire. Hoodies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, shorts. High quality and affordable. And if you're a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, I'm telling you, please reach out to Moneyball ASAP. The uniforms that Desmond and his team create are simply spectacular. Go to MoneyballSportswear.com. Shop away. Enter the promo code DRO, D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. Today, we are talking to Dwayne Stevens, or simply Coach DJ. DJ is currently the associate head coach at Michigan State University for Coach Tom Izzo. When I envisioned this project, I thought about DJ instantly. Why? For starters, he's one of the nicest and humblest coaches that you will ever encounter. Trust me, after you finish listening to this podcast, you will feel this. Whenever I have the opportunity to go to Michigan State to watch practice, I love watching DJ coach. You have to experience this firsthand. Jeff Goodman rated DJ the number one assistant in the Big Ten last season. Well, actually, his peers did. You get this when you watch him coach. DJ, Dwayne Stevens, is more than deserving to be a head coach. And yes, Dwayne Stevens will be a head coach very, very soon. As you soon will hear, DJ is so loyal to Coach Tom Izzo and his alma mater. Our type of guy. Wait till you hear DJ talk about recruiting at Michigan State. I'll tell you what, DJ's my type of guy. As good as they get in this industry. It is my absolute pleasure to get to DJ and tell his story. DJ, why do you coach? Uh, Drew, it's a lot, a lot of reasons. Um, one, obviously, is my passion. It's what I've done my entire uh, life from, uh, you know, when I was five, six years old and playing in the backyard uh, with my cousins. And, and then when I got a little older, my brother was playing with me and uh, just carried that on through high school and college. But I don't think there was a, a day uh, past my uh, 10th birthday where I didn't play or basketball or was dribbling or doing something basketball related. So uh, it's my passion. It's what I love to do. And then, uh, obviously, uh, I want to help young men. Uh, I like to see them uh, 
have uh, great careers and, and go on to be uh, great fathers and husbands. And, uh, you know, I try to help those guys uh, maybe avoid some of the pitfalls that uh, I've seen myself make or others. Yeah, it's incredible to think that truly basketball has been part of your life probably forever, hasn't it, DJ? Uh, for sure. You know, my, my, my both of my parents played basketball, uh, although my father played basketball, football in college. Okay. Um, but my mom was a, a pretty good player. And really? Her tell it, she was a really good player. <laughs> uh, That's pretty cool. It uh, depends on who you want to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. The, just helping young men become men. Uh, you know, obviously, that was a big part of my mission. Um, and just obviously your experiences, you know, playing at Michigan state, playing professionally, and then all your experiences professionally, do you just think like, has it always been just big part of your coaching career where you just give back? And, you know, I, I just love that. That's, there's a million things I love about you and we'll, we'll just hit them real quick. But one of the things is just, you have this nurturing giving level and just helping men become men. Is that just like, almost like you know, we, when we look at college, it's all about the wins and losses, but is that just something that just is at the core of you, who you are as a coach? Well, I think, you know, I've been around some, I have some great mentors, uh, in the game, uh, Tom Crean, yeah. um, you know, Greg Campy, Brian yeah. Gregory, uh, Coach Izzo, obviously, right. uh, my uncle, uh, who was probably, uh, my first and, uh, the biggest mentor. I don't make a decision without calling him, uh, Don McNeil. He was my high school coach. And to see what he would do for little or no money, mm -hmm. uh, people don't realize that a lot of these guys that coach at the high school level. Yeah, for sure. Uh, they end up losing money. They're not yeah. getting paid. Right. Uh, you know, there's always a kid that, uh, yeah. needs a dinner or runs out of gas and needs some gas money. Uh, need to ride uh, when they go to these college visits. A lot of times, uh, parents uh, you yeah. know can't put the bill, so the high school coach ends up doing it. And I, I saw my uncle do that uh, for multiple uh, friends of mine, and uh, you know that's where I probably got my first love or a taste of what coaching right. would be like. And yeah. uh, that servant leadership, you know, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then, you know, my mom, uh, in a similar fashion, my mom is one of the uh, caregivers or uh, keepers, so to speak, in her family. Uh, you know, we always had a, a cousin um, and even um, my senior year of my junior and senior year of high school, one of my best friends uh, lived with us. So. Uh, my family has always kind of been a family that uh, took care of uh, the community and took yeah. care of our friends. And yeah, if you were friends with us, you were family. And yeah, that's that's kind of what we did. And I, I think I've carried some of that on to my coaching career. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. You know, it makes a lot of sense now when when you just look at your resume, you know, 18 seasons as an assistant at Michigan State, nine seasons as the associate head coach. I mean, you've been to 18 NCAA tournaments, six Final Fours, five at MSU, one at Marquette. I mean, you've helped countless players become pros. I mean, last year, Jeff Goodman ranked you the number one assistant in the Big Ten. And and that's, but all of that's being said, and just how you just, your opening remarks here in the first five minutes of the podcast, like, you are one of the most nicest and humble men in this profession. And I just, I'm just always just, just, so much respect that you're so grounded and, and does it come from mom and dad? Well, I appreciate that throw. And, uh, for sure. Uh, that's how, uh, my parents raised my brother and I, and, uh, my cousin Cornell. Yeah. Um, we kind of grew up as, as brothers, <laughs> but we definitely, uh, we grew up in church and, um, yeah. we, you know, we're always taught to be kind to others, be humble, uh, and kind of be servants. And, uh, that's what we have always done. And it's, I don't know, we, I, I don't really think about it in, in, in that way. It's kind of just who 
yeah, who you are, and who who we are. So. Yeah. Well, you both are a heck of young, a heck of men. <laughs> it's just, uh, I just, you know, when you get caught up in this race and this profession, and then you, you sometimes get caught up in titles and things like that. I just like, I've just never felt like you're a person that's been caught up in your title, and you've been always so good to me throughout your career. Um, when you haven't had to, but just you're just a, such a genuine person, and it just I love you so much and respect you so much just for that. And that and that's just kind of empowered me to just want to help other coaches in this podcast with my transition. Just because you just, I I sometimes you know I, I don't have the opportunity to just tell me you've just kind of always inspired me as a coach to just be like, man, this this guy is one of the best coaches, assistant coaches in the country, but he's such a great person, and I just love that about you. I appreciate it. I mean, so. One other thing I love about you, and I don't even know if you do it consciously, like, so your loyalty to Coach Izzo uh, always impresses me. You know, I always hear people like, when you refer to Coach Izzo, you always say, throw coach, you know, coach, coach, coach. And there's been, you know, many times I've been up at practices and been in your office and you've been like, throw coach, coach. And I've never heard you refer to Coach Izzo as like Izzo or, or Iz or Tom. And maybe it's just only with me, but can you explain just how important loyalty is to for being an assistant coach? Well, I, I think uh, it's an assistant's job to make the head coach look good, and uh, that's how I was taught uh, yeah. from uh, Coach Campy to yeah. uh, Coach Green, uh, and now uh, Coach Izzo. But I, I call most head coaches coach whether I work for him or not I think that's yeah. uh, something that's kind of earned and uh, yeah, you know when guys are put in their time and uh, they they hold that title uh, I, I come from the uh, generation where uh, titles still mean something yeah. uh, and, and I just like to show the respect to those guys because they've earned it yeah. So it's just funny that coach Campy and I were texting today and he, he, he loves when I send them clips of my son golfing, my son's mm-hmm. a little five and a half year old. And we, <laughs> we share it with you too, but he loves it. And, uh, we were talking about the podcast and, you know, I mentioned it, you know, I could talk to you today and he just, it's incredible. Isn't it incredible how many coaches coach Campy has mentored? Yeah. I mean, it's really remarkable. Coach, yeah. Coach Campy. And then the, 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 the thing that's impressive about what he's done, uh, he's been there from when they were division two yeah. and, and now obviously being division one, but they've always had success. And the one thing that I like about Campy is the relationship that he has with his players. Yeah. Um, he's, he's super tight with them. Uh, those guys will run through a wall for him and, uh, similar to Coach Izzo, he's hard on his guys. Yeah, uh, but you you're not allowed to be, or you know, guys wouldn't accept that, and they wouldn't come back, and they wouldn't come around. Yeah, if you, they you didn't have a relationship with them, and I think that's one area that both uh, Coach Campion and Coach Izzo both excel. Time for a quick thirty second timeout. I hope that you are enjoying today's conversation. Getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. For years, I wanted to start a podcast so bad with Coach Murphy at Eastern Michigan. I thought it could help so much with the branding of our program, in recruiting, and simply letting people know what a great coach and person that Coach Rob Murphy was. Imagine if you started a podcast in your basketball office today. Think about it. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. They have already helped over 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. You also get a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening, tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. To start your own podcast, Follow the link in my show notes below. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. Guess what? You'll also get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. That tough love, like, you think that's a big key? You know, when coaches are really direct and, you know, just, you know, demanding and, you know, just hold guys to high standards. You you think that's such a key that you have to have that relationship in order to coach like that? There's no question. You have to have that relationship. Yeah. Um, 
But at, at the same time, I, I think that kids deep down want to be held accountable. Yeah. They want to do the right thing. Yeah. And and when you're consistent with the message and uh, you're, you know, straight to the point yeah. and, and let them know that you're not going to accept anything other than excellence, um, I think it's a little easier for them to buy in. Yeah. And Coach Izzo, he does it from a place of love because he spends – uh, more time with uh, his players than anyone that I've ever been around. Yeah, I've and, heard the you stories. Know, when people yeah. ask me yeah. what coach's biggest strength is. It's not, you know, X's and O's. It's mm. not, you know, um, running a play. It's not, yeah. you know, his defense. His his biggest strength is his relationships. He he spends uh, an unbelievable amount of time with uh, every one of our players. You know, there's some coaches that spend time with the best players. Yeah. Uh, but Coach, he has time for every one of those guys on our roster. And uh, I think it's the most impressive thing that he does. That's really, really impressive. I love that, that, that idea about bringing out excellence in players and that sometimes you have to go to a different level to find that. Uh, I wish I, I, just looking at my own, you know, for 20 years, I just wish I would have been a little bit more you know, could have got that out of guys. And and obviously I probably just didn't spend enough time. Like, you know, you, you've, and I know how much you spend with the guys and obviously coaches, but I just think that's credible insight. I really appreciate you sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah, no problem. You know, I think you, you said it, we all get caught up kind of in the rat race and yeah. we're in our little bubbles and, uh, you know, as assistants, a big part of our job is recruiting. So, yeah, uh, we're always looking for that next guy. Yeah, uh, but Coach Enzo made it a point to us, uh, myself and Mike Garland and yeah. uh, Doug Wojcik and uh, Monty, that early on uh, when I first got here, he said, "You know, you guys, you got to recruit and you got to, yeah, you know, make sure we have good players, but we're going to make sure we take care of the ones that are here on campus. We owe that." Yeah. Uh, to their parents and we owe it to them yeah that's uh, when you think about it when you send your son off to yeah uh hopefully the pga tour for somebody <laughs> if, if, he, if he even goes to college <laughs> you're, you're gonna want him with someone that you know no doubt uh, cares about him yeah it's not just a golfer but as, yeah, a, as, a, as a person no doubt. A human being and uh yeah uh, that's, that's something that I think gets, gets lost in uh, translation quite a bit in our profession, unfortunately. For sure. Let, let's talk about, you know, Coach Izzo, like creating this versatility with you guys as, as assistants. And, I, you know, again, I, you know, when I come to a lot of practices, I love it. Uh, you know, there's nothing like coming to a Michigan State practice. And probably a lot of it is just the openness that Coach Izzo, you know, creates this openness, you know, environment of learning. But, you know, you mentioned recruiting, and I think you're an elite recruiter. But on the floor, I've always been impressed with how, like, you're such a great communicator. I love your teaching style. It's, you know, it's it's simple. It's effective. You you have the guys do moves like like muscle memory consistently when you when you're working. You know, I've I've really concentrated you watching. You know, coaching the post. But can you kind of elaborate on your coaching style and how it's how it's evolved? Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. Um, I would have to give a, a ton of credit to Coach Crean on okay. how uh, you know I coach and and the things that I do on a daily basis with our guys. Um, when I went to Marquette, uh, I was it was early on in my career. It was my first full time job. When I was with Coach Campy at Oakland, I was actually uh, you know part time, more of a volunteer. Wow, so I didn't my even first know that. Wow, job was with uh, Coach Green. Yeah, and you know it was a bit of culture shock because he he taught me how to work. Yeah, and uh, you know the one thing that he always emphasized to myself and Darren Horn, who's now at uh, Northern Kentucky, and uh, Tim Buckley, who's at uh, UNLV, and Todd Walchek yeah. at Toledo. Great coaches is that we you know we had to have energy and we had to make sure we spend time with guys and coach on the fly. He would always say, coach on the fly, coach them on the side. Mm. You know, we don't want to lose the momentum within the practice by stopping it too much, but we still want to make sure that we get our points across. And 
I do a lot of coaching on the fly. Uh, obviously, I try to pay attention to detail as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that our program leans more to uh, we we don't we don't want to coach effort. Yeah, and uh, you know our guys bring it every most of the time. Yeah, um, and I, when they don't, uh, obviously they're called out for it. Mm. But if you're going hard, uh, you know, coach can live with some mistakes here and there. Uh, but our biggest, the biggest thing in, in terms of my coaching style, I would credit to Tom Green because he, he always talked about bringing energy and, you know, being able to coach a guy on the fly and making sure that you get your point across to him uh, where they understand it. Do you, uh, you know, that's a really good point. Do you ever like try to, as you have, get older in coaching and experience well as you gain experience and throughout the years and obviously you've been at the big 10 for 18 years but so you have experience but like the choice of words you use in coaching is that constantly like are those decisions you're making before you speak or is it just like kind of like you whatever you see you say you know i i just like i wish there was a if there was ever a tape on me when i first started coaching you've seen me coach a few times at eastern you know like you're probably like, man, Joe talks a lot more than he does off the floor. Like, but are you conscious about the words you use and how you get your message across? That's funny because you are uh, uh, pretty intense and, and, and get after it in your own right. And I would say that I'm very similar. You know, people away from the court, uh, a lot of times will say I'm, I'm very quiet, uh, you know, it's funny. A few times, I'll give you a quick story. Uh, Brent Scott at BCU called me one day, and he goes, "Great, great coach." Uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, "Hey, D man, uh, I had a guy come up to me, and he asked me if you were uh, arrogant." Mm. And I was like, "What?" You know, like I've been cu- accused of being a lot of things, but never arrogant. Mm. And he was just saying that when I walk in, uh, you know, I don't necessarily. Uh, sit in a pack, you know, and, and evaluate kids. Yeah. A lot of times when I go into the gym, I'm, I'm there to see a kid. And I don't want to be a distracted. So I go and I'll sit by myself or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, myself and one or two other people. And I just try to lock in on the games, uh, so that we can yeah. get uh, as good of, uh, eval as, as, yeah. as I can. So, uh, it's, it's pretty funny. I, I'm quiet, but on the court, I, I think that, yeah, uh, just like kind of like my playing style, I was super yeah. aggressive. I was tough. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I think that's carried over to my coaching career as well, well, well because f- I'm I'm pretty intense. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, I'm uh, understanding of uh, the guys and what they're going through. And I and like you said, I try to come down to their level. Uh, yeah, love that. Having played uh, for a long time and played yeah, at you know, your the, alma mater yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah for sure. I try to uh, make sure that I can get it, just get everything across to those guys Yeah, um, love in that. a manner that they're, they're being receptive to it. You know, one of the things, too, that I, I'm not sure a lot of people know is you have this uh, strong appreciation for video, and, and your attention to detail and scouting is very specific you know, what's your thought process when you approach approach a scout? Well, uh, that is uh, one thing that I think coaches always is also extremely uh, good at. You know, he got his start in video, huh. uh, and therefore he puts a lot of uh, time into it, and, and that's kind of always what we've done. Yeah, You know, if I'm preparing a scout, I'm going to watch the last five games and I'm going to watch the offense and the defense and, yeah. um, you know, break it down to where uh, hopefully we're going to go over every single play that, uh, you know, a team runs and yeah. a lot of times we're going to go over it and how we want to defend it. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons that we've been uh, such a good defensive team over the, over the years is, we try to leave no stones unturned and uh, we go about our our business in a manner where our guys understand that uh, it's super important scouting is, and uh, we put a lot into it. Yeah. I mean, the fact if you know, when you're watching a game, if you ever just look at just, you know, I've tried over the years just to like watch you during the game and, 
just like the notes you have this this that laminated card of like all the 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 oppositions you know actions you guys are running it's just you know when everyone thinks about michigan state you obviously think about you know like getting out in fast breaks you know all the set plays and counters you guys run you know um but obviously you know the core to me has always been defending and rebounding and you guys are monsters on the glass on both ends but like it's really hard when you go against you guys to score against you guys i mean like your system is really strong but then when you have like when you guys are so dialed in for scouting it's 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 a challenge yeah you know uh it's something that coach Izzo prides himself on uh yes we want to defend we want to rebound and we want to run uh and and we always get a lot of credit for our, our running game yeah for sure but uh can't run if you don't get the ball first so yeah uh, and you can't run if you don't get stops. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So it, it's it, it all goes hand in hand. Um, we've had some very uh, tough players at Michigan State. That's one of the things that we really try to recruit to is toughness. Yeah. And uh, we want guys that are leaders, and we we want guys that can communicate, and uh, we want smart players. And we've been blessed, uh, very blessed to have uh, a lot of those and. Uh, we coach has a blueprint that we've been able to follow over the years. And, you know, we tweak something here, here or there, but uh, we've been very successful in uh, carrying out that blueprint. And I think uh, we'll continue to be successful yeah, uh, as sure. long as coach Izzo's here. Players play tough players win when a coach, you know, Izzo's famous quotes, you, you think that's one of the reasons why you guys have success. You just touched on that toughness part there. Oh, there's no question. Uh, You know, there have been more talented teams uh, that we've gone up against or, um, you know, in our league that that we end up winning the championship or that last week where we're we're playing for a championship and uh, toughness travels. You know, we've been uh, very good on the road. I love that. uh, Toughness travels. That's that's big time. Hmm. I think that that's uh, one of the reasons. So wow. uh, when we're evaluating kids, that's something that we definitely take a, a big look at. Yeah, you know, you've, you've mentioned now evaluations twice, and you know, you obviously are an elite recruiter. And I mean, you and I know you'll say, and I know you guys do an unbelievable job as a staff. So I'll just, you know, I know how humble you are. Your, your staff is, you know, you guys are elite recruiters as a staff. You know, with coach at the helm, but like. To me, it always goes back to one of the things that I, I appreciate your professionalism. And I think it goes for young coaches out there. One of the things I love about you, D, is like you go to the Peach Jam and you're there at like 745. And then you and coach don't take a break. You'll be at every game. And next thing you know, it'll be 11 o'clock. And then it, you know, and then you'll get on a charter and you'll fly to somewhere else. And then you know, you guys are doing the same thing again. And I just, you know, I, I've been at so many high schools. It's just like, man, DJ's there again. DJ's there. Again. I mean, I just think it's just, you know, you're, you're relentless with your, with your, you know, your visibility, but like that evaluation, uh, you talked about being locked in, you know, and I, I struggled with it a lot. Just when, you know, my times in the professional, like just trying to like stay focused and dialed into the games, like how, just for, how do you, how do you stay so dialed in? Uh, you know, uh, it, I think you, you kind of get used to it over the years. Uh, yeah. Like you said, I've been at it for a while. Uh, I know what coach is looking for in a player. And uh, a lot of times you can kind of determine if that kid is, is, has what it takes to be a Spartan. Uh, it doesn't take a, a long time. Okay. And uh, he, he – uh, he just, you know, it's funny. He coach has the kind of guys that he likes and the kind of guys that he thinks he can win with. Yeah. And uh, we call them OKGs, our, our kind of guys. Yeah, for sure. And we, uh, that's what we try to uh, identify in, in, in recruiting. But in terms of going to the games, like I said, I just I try to sit off to the side and maybe not be in that big group of uh, coaches that, that are talking and laughing and joking around and, yeah. You know, get my evaluation in. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not doing it to be standoffish. Um, 
just trying to figure out, you know, who's going to be a good fit for what we're trying to do at Michigan State. And, uh, you know, we've been able to take a lesser player sometimes that we think has uh, toughness and uh, we think has greater work ethic. And those guys get uh, better over time. When you're evaluating toughness, to you, what does toughness look like? Uh, toughness is a, a guy that's not going to back down, a guy that's going to, you know, stand in there and take that charge. You know, the guy is going to sit in the stands and, and, yeah. and not let anybody drive on him. Uh, yeah. You know, being physical on a, on a cutout. It's uh, going up and grabbing a rebound in traffic. Hmm. Uh, it's diving for a loose ball. It's, yeah. uh, you know, putting, you know, just playing kind of reckless and, yeah. and not worried about hurting your body. Yeah. Uh, it's so funny. We always say that guys that usually get hurt are the ones that are trying to protect their body. The more <laughs> aggressive player that dives on the floor first usually is the guy that, that gets up. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we just kind of look for all those little things. Yeah. And you- then, uh, you know, we also try to look at, you know, if a guy is cheering for a teammate hmm. uh, while while he's on the bench, you know, how, how does he react to coaching when he comes off the floor? Uh, we just try to identify all of that little stuff. And, uh, you know, hopefully we uh, can find a, a guy that fits uh, what we're trying to do and uh, make them better once they get here to campus. Yeah, that uh... – you know, our kind of guy that, that, you know, what coach wants has that, do you, do you ever, you know, you, is it, is it hard to stay in the lanes or like, you know, I, I know so many places guys would just be like, well, coach, but he can do this, that's, and that, and we should take a, you know, we should just, you know, step out of this box. Like, are you guys just be like, no, 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 this is the guy that coach wants. And and I, and I only say that just, you know, have to give me an example, but just like, you know, knowing what coach is or wants versus just like doing, going out and doing your own thing. <laughs> like how, how, yeah, how, how has that I, been? I would say, you know, I, I would say that we're, we're pretty consistent yeah. in, uh, you know, sticking to what we, we think is important. Yeah. You know, I think there are a lot of programs out there that may sacrifice, uh, you know, some of the things that they believe in for talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we haven't done that a lot. And obviously, no one bats a hundred percent. But right. I say, yeah. you know, we're 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 up there in the eighties, high eighties, yeah. and uh, we we haven't missed often. Yeah. And uh, hopefully, we can continue to identify uh, guys that uh, fit with what we're trying to do here. How much time does a Big Ten assistant? spend on recruiting like per day oh man i think uh you know the the great ones are always recruiting wow you know when you when your kids go to bed at night you're yeah, making for sure. phone calls mm-hmm. touching base with uh people yeah uh you're talking the one thing uh that that i would say has been a little different for me as i get older is uh I'm not as locked in as I used to be on, on some of the scuttle, but you know, when you talk to assistants from, you know, 20 different yeah. schools and you're hearing what's going on and what's being said out there, yeah, I'm not as good at that, but, uh, I would say that I'm still uh, pretty good at, um, building those relationships with parents and kids. And, uh, that's why, uh, I've been able to be a pretty good recruiter. Yeah, the last thing I recruiting just well, one thing I I really just caught and I I really hope young coaches heard is you talked about like getting the kid but getting the kid better when he gets there. I think that's 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 you know like that speaks to your mission in your in the first two minutes of the podcast about helping young men become men and you know in in all facets of their uh, their life on and off the floor. I love that, but then just like communication with your staff like i would imagine you guys talk recruiting a lot or all the time <laughs> and you have a pretty open dialogue yeah so def- definitely very open uh there are no punches held in our conference room mm. and and there are no uh you know secrets we talk about everything and, yeah uh, that's one of the things that i think makes coach uh special he, he's able to 
read people, read body language. Uh, he's an unbelievable communicator. Uh, he loves to talk and uh, we have had some ex- extended meetings <laughs> where we're in there for uh, quite a while, but uh, yeah. coach is willing to, when you talk about being relentless, coaches, he's relentless in, in, until he gets the job done. Yeah. And uh, that means sitting in there talking things out for three, four hours, that that's what we do. Um, I'd say a great example of uh, a kid coming to us and everybody was kind of like, what, what are you doing? Uh, there's probably two. One of them, the kids is playing right now uh, in the Milwaukee Atlanta game. Uh, Bryn Forbes, he was a guy that <laughs> for sure uh, didn't have a ton of uh, Division One offers. Uh, he goes to Cleveland State and makes himself a yeah a pretty good shooter, and then he comes to our place and he uh, elevates his game even on another level. Yeah, and then a guy that will always be remembered in, in Michigan State basketball is Kenny Going. Oh, yeah, for sure. That, you know, I think he had one Division One offer in Central Michigan. and uh, Bad eval we by Coach Drow here. Into, yeah. <laughs> A bad eval by Coach Drow here. While I'm doing a podcast, Steve. <laughs> yeah. We were able to get him as a walk-on, and that kid just kept getting better and for better. For sure. I Lo mean. and behold, uh it's one of the biggest shots yeah. in uh, Michigan yeah. State basketball history to beat Duke. I love that counter you guys ran to with the pin down for him and the three, you know, top of the key three. I mean, I know we don't have the visuals, but it's just, it's such a great play, um, you know, and just that is just, but uh, those are two great examples, obviously. So, so last November, you had the ability to run practice and program, you know, when Coach Izzo had COVID and fortunately was okay. Thank, thank God. Um, how do you think that experience has enabled you to, or it helped you think like a head coach? Well, I think the one thing, uh, that you get here at Michigan state and coaching under, uh, coach Izzo is he allows you to wear a lot of different hats. Uh, you know, if you're not doing something, uh, each day to make the program better or make yourself better, uh, you better believe you're going to hear about it. Mm. And, uh, you know, when coach went down, obviously we were in, in close contact. Yeah. But it was kind of neat, uh, having an opportunity to make some decisions, uh, yeah. right up to practice and, you know, have it go the way that, uh, I wanted it to go. And, yeah. You know, being able to stop practice and, uh, make the points that, uh, you know, I saw and wanted to make. Yeah. And and then I think the fact that we are on the same page as a staff uh, was very helpful. Yeah. Um, and then I, I think the, one of the more important things was, they, you know, getting out in front of the media. Yeah, for was sure. Something that I haven't always uh, yeah. em- embraced. Uh, you know, you have some guys that are chasing media people. Who yeah, for sure. Talk to them and do stories and things like that. I've never been that kind of assistant. And, uh, you know, that's one thing that I would tell a younger Dwayne Stevens or another young assistant that you do have to kind of network and, you know, spend time with the media and and do those little things because they will benefit you uh, later in your career. Uh, But that was one of the things that I I think uh, I probably got the most out of uh, was just, you know, doing the press conferences and and, uh, you know, interviews and things after practice uh, that coach normally does. And uh, I thought it went great and it was a great experience for me. Yeah, I've watched your uh, the press conference you did because, you know, obviously the last 10 years out of Eastern Michigan and I was actually out with contact tracing for the for the opener this year against you guys. But I, you know, the assistants were sending me stuff and I was watching a lot of stuff and I and I was you know, I happened to watch your press conference and I thought you did a great job. I thought, you know, I, I, I think the world of you, so I'm probably a little more skewed than most people, but like, even like this whole 35 minutes today, you, you know, you, you're so, you're so tremendous in terms of like, you know, your thought process and communicating your thoughts. And, and, you know, it's probably an under, uh, you know, that's why I wanted to create this podcast to get some coaches out there and have them, you know, speak on some topics, you know, and help some young coaches. But, like, have you ever thought about since you've been an assistant for so long, 
you know, and, and, you know, and so successful at Michigan state, like how it's hard for other assistants maybe to become a head coach without head coaching experience. Uh, no question. I, I think, you know, every situation is, is different and, and that's one of the reasons, uh, especially now, I think things are changing Yeah, for sure. Uh, with social media, uh, and, and, and just how you have reporters now kind of chasing stories and doing different things. You know, a lot of guys that are, are getting jobs out there now are some of the guys that do a better job of networking and kind of putting themselves out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been one to self-promote, but I would tell a younger assistant that uh, you have to make sure that people uh, within your your own university and, and even outside of your university uh, know what you do on a day-to-day basis uh, because someone on the outside would look at, at our program and say, oh, yeah, you know, Coach is doing everything. Uh, but that's not the case. You know, there's there's a lot of things that go into running the program and uh, being able to um, dole out the responsibilities uh, within your program is something that I think Coach uh, does a heck of a job of. And, yeah. you know, he doesn't micromanage. Uh, so when you're doing something, you know, it's not uh, being arrogant. It's not tooting your own horn. It's uh, just kind of putting it out there that, you know, this is what I'm doing. You know, I think uh, having gone through the interviewing process, one of the things that I think that you did a great job of and, you know, anyone in the profession uh, knows that you were an unbelievable scheduler. You did a a ton of work and, and people never realize how much goes into scheduling games. They, people think that those games just, you know, it's one call and it appears on the schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something that you have to be relentless at. And you have to, you know, really dig in and you got to talk to a lot of people and then you got to make sure that that contract gets signed. And uh, it's a, a very tedious job. It is something that, um, you know, a lot of assistants do, yeah. but the head coach gets a lot of credit for it. So yeah. uh, I think just putting yourself out there a little more yeah. and uh, letting people know, yeah. especially within your program uh, and your university, yeah. you know, what you do on a daily basis is, is, is very big for young assistants. All right. I'm going to get you out of here. Two, two personal things. So you're, you're, you're a great dad. Okay. So, um, and I love everything that you post about like your daughter, um, in terms of volleyball. And I, I hope she, she reaches our dreams and aspirations, becomes a division one player, just like in, in just with your, your, your children, like how do you balance, you know, your family and being in a, you know, in this high pressured big 10 assistant job. So as you get older, as they say, you get older, you get a little wiser. Um, you know, the one thing that I try to do now that I didn't do as much when I was younger, uh, when I was younger, I was on the phone all the time. And, you know, I'd be at dinner yeah. uh, talking on the phone and making calls and doing things. And, you know, then I would just kind of kiss my kids goodnight. Yeah. And uh, as I've gotten a little older, uh, when I get home, I just I try to be at home yeah. and, and be, you know, be a dad uh, be a husband. And, and, and then when my family, you know, goes to bed, I can, you know, start making those calls again, huh. or I can make those calls the next day. So I think that, uh, you know, yeah, my family, they already sacrificed enough by uh, allowing me to pursue my dream of, of being a head coach. Uh, so they shouldn't have to sacrifice when I'm home. And, uh, so I try not to, to put them in that position. I try to be home. I try to be there for them and uh, be in that moment. And like I said, once they retire for the night, uh, that's when I go back to work, whether it be watching film or making calls. Well, I'll let you get back to work here in a minute, even though it's 1045 on a, I don't even know what day it is, Wednesday night. Uh, so what about parents like me that are like a little bit, might be over the top right now, but have a son or daughter, <laughs> son or daughter at an early age that 
you know, has a pretty good skill set. Um, obviously, my son really likes golf, and yeah. I'm all in on it. So, like, I need some tips from a big time dad. Like, how would you move forward? Like, how would you coach Coach Dro here with his son JJ, who's five and a half, and um, you know, we're 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 dancing with the golf, you know, clubs yeah. every night. Well, I think uh, just, you know, the stuff that you send and uh, stuff that I see on Instagram, I think you're more than uh, doing a, a great job as, as you are. You don't need any tips from me. Um, you know, I always tell parents, especially of younger kids, uh, keep it, you know, fresh, keep it fun. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't push anything on them. And, uh I think you and your wife do an unbelievable job of mixing things up for them. I love seeing them dive off that jump diving board and, uh, you know, saw him playing a little baseball earlier in the week. And so he, he's doing other things than, than just golf. And I know you post a lot of golf stuff, but I know there's a lot of love in the house and, uh, he's having a ball whenever he's spending time with, uh, mom and dad. So, I think just spending time and loving on them and uh, yeah. letting them know that you're you're always there for them and, and teaching them life lessons uh, within uh, whatever games that they are yeah. pursuing or enjoying and having fun. Um, you know, my, my daughter is down at Nationals right now, and when I talk to her, obviously I want to know if she played well. I want to know if, uh, yeah. you know, they won or lost, but the questions and, and the advice that I always tell her before a game is, you know, play hard and be a good teammate. Oh, wow. And if she does that, uh, I think she, she'll have fun, you know, so yeah. say, have fun, play hard, be a good teammate. And that's all I, I really ever say to her. And, uh, she's super competitive. Yeah, for uh, sure. She's a hard worker. Yeah. I love watching uh, the videos. Yeah. She, she can take instruction because she, I think she's a, a coach's daughter. Um, but I think, man, you're doing a great job with JJ and I, I can't wait to see where, where, yeah. he, where he goes. I'm, uh, going to be at the rocket mortgage this weekend. So maybe I'll bump into you guys. Yeah. We'll be there tomorrow. Um, so last, last thing, one, one or two simple things for young coaches out there. Just, just to finish this thing up. Uh, the one or two simple things that I think that I would put out there is, um, work hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't look for credit. There's a fine line, uh, between looking for credit and, uh, making sure that you get some credit. Uh, so just do your job. People will notice. Uh, be there for those kids and, and help those kids avoid making uh, poor decisions. You know, we have a lot of kids out here that are, they have a ton of distractions, you yeah. know, with the social media and things like that. Now, uh, those guys are on their phones all the time. There's a ton of people trying to get at them. I think you got to make sure you spend quality time, uh, talk to these guys and we always say, you know, you're allowed to make mistakes, but you can't make life-changing mistakes. Wow. And, uh, you know, if I can keep, you know, some of our guys from making life-changing mistakes, then uh, I've probably done a heck of a job. Um, yeah. Because these guys uh, got a lot going on. There's a lot of distractions and there's a lot of pressure on them from uh, – all angles and uh if i can help them handle that by talking to them and being a big brother and a father figure uh to some guys then uh i think i've i've done my job so that would be my advice to uh some of the younger coaches coming up through our profession right now that's awesome you know d i i i admire you um you're just a gentleman you're a uh you know you're you're a coach at the finest word you know you're a professional uh You've been like a such a mentor to me over the years, and even this even during this little time of transition, it was like, um, Dro, I got you. Like, when do you want to do the podcast? And then you know you had some responsibilities yesterday, and I texted you today and said, Hey, D, you know, let's let's do it in August, or um, you know, let's do it after recruiting when things chill down. And you're like, No, we're gonna do it tonight, and it's just. 
you know, it just speaks to who you are. Um, you know, I just love you, man. And, and, and I'm going to say it like, and, and, and obviously I want you to be unbelievable at Michigan state, but you know, in my heart, you are a head coach and you will be an awesome head coach. And I will just continue to continue to tell everybody in the world, I can't wait for you to be a head coach. So I just thank you so much for your time tonight. Well, I appreciate it, Joe. And you know, I do anything for you, my man. Yeah, you're um, the best. I appreciate what you're doing for, for younger coaches and, and for myself and uh, uh, anything that I can do to help, you know, uh, I'll do it. All right. Well, you be safe this July and thank you so much for your time. All right. Thanks, Joe. Take care, man. Okay. Bye-bye. How good was that? Wow. Thank you, DJ. You know, my wife teases me that I say wow and big time in every other sentence. My son actually asked me all the time, Dad, was that big time? As you soon will hear, I am way too guilty of saying this in future conversations. However, I simply love greatness. I could watch all day long Tiger Woods, 18th hole, Torrey Pines, U.S. Open, putt for birdie to extend an 18-hole playoff the next day. DJ Dwayne Stevens is simply all that and more. Why did I start with DJ as my first guest? Because I believe DJ thinks like a future head coach. Young coaches, I wanted you to hear and feel this from him. Coaches, DJ is the epitome of a true professional in our industry. If you're a young coach out there, you need to reach out and connect with DJ ASAP. Follow DJ on Twitter at DJStevens31. Thank you, DJ for sharing your story. I can't wait for you to hear my next conversation. Trust me, if you want to learn real life industry examples and experiences, I'm going to give this to you. Coach Dro, as you just heard, is not the star of this podcast. My coaching friends are. We're all on the same page. Make this great for you, young coaches. My job is to consistently bring as many coaching guests to you as possible. You're going to fall in love with my coaching friends. Please have your notepads ready. And once you fall in love with this podcast, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening to me right now. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Hey, stick with me. I might be making a few turnovers here and there. My goal is to get better every time. Stay safe, be you, and keep coaching. See you on the next episode of Tell Me Your Story Coach.